On this episode of the St. Philip Institute podcast, we're going to talk about the divine mercy message of St. Faustina, but in a special way on her vision of hell. I think a lot of people don't realize that Faustina, in addition to telling us about the Lord's mercy, warns us about the dangers and sufferings of hell, and it's a really important thing for us to be aware of, so stay tuned for this episode. You're really going to enjoy it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth and begin with Scripture, tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too are called to work for the salvation of souls. Instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi, and welcome back to the St. Philip Institute podcast. I am your host, Luke Arredondo, and I'm the Director of Faith Formation here at the St. Philip Institute of Catechesis and Evangelization. And I'm really happy to be here again to talk with you all about uh, one of my favorite things, and that is divine mercy. So I've got my divine mercy image here, my uh, diary of St. Faustina, and uh, there's a lot of ways that we could go with an episode about divine mercy, so much history and the spirituality, the chaplet, the novena, the feast day, uh, all of these things um, we could spend time talking about. But I'm actually going to be focusing on something that I think probably uh, a lot of people who are familiar with divine mercy maybe haven't heard before. Uh, at least that's my my assumption. Uh, if you've already, you know, heard of, of what I wind up talking about here, if you're some divine mercy expert, then I, I apologize. But I think it's something really worth mentioning, and that is the way that Faustina uh, actually talks about the reality of sin and the reality of hell. Now, if you don't know anything about Divine Mercy, I'll give you just a little bit of a summary here, and, and maybe you'll see why that might be sort of a surprising topic under the heading of Divine Mercy. So, St. Faustina Kowalska uh, was a Polish nun who grew up in the early 20th century. She died in 1938, fairly young, and during her life as a nun, there was basically nothing extraordinary about her life as far as almost anybody was aware. She was, of course, receiving these tremendous messages and visions and words from our Lord who would ask her to write them down and to become a secretary of his mercy. But she only told her spiritual director and her superior, maybe one or two other people. Uh, basically, everyone who lived with her at her convent thought she was just some run-of-the-mill nun who was maybe a little bit weird, who got sick too much, and, you know, like, they really didn't know what was going on. And then after her death, her diary was you know, uh, made public eventually, and the devotion to Jesus and his mercy began to spread, and people that lived with her were sort of 
amazed. And the central message that Jesus wanted to bring to the world through St. Faustina is that he desires to pour out his mercy upon poor sinners. He asked her to spread devotion to the the message of divine mercy, um, to spread the image of divine mercy with, with the words, Jesus, I trust in you, to encourage people to pray this chaplet of divine mercy. And if you haven't prayed a chaplet of divine mercy, we'll have a link for it in the show notes, but it's a very powerful form of prayer, especially to intercede for sinners. Uh, he asked St. Faustina to tell people to pray at the hour of the passion, at the three o'clock hour, the hour of mercy. So there's the chaplet of divine mercy, there's the image of divine mercy, the hour of mercy, the novena, and the biggest thing is the feast day of divine mercy, which is the second Sunday of Easter, which we've just recently celebrated. All of that was the main message that Faustina was to convey to the world. And I think for most people who were devotees of divine mercy, who pray the chaplet, who have celebrated the feast day, um, sought the indulgence that's available, which the feast day of divine mercy is really extraordinary. If you do the, the, the novena and you go to confession, you uh, receive the Eucharist, and do the Divine Mercy uh, devotion on Divine Mercy Sunday or within a few days afterward, you not only receive forgiveness of your sins, which you always receive in confession, you also receive forgiveness of all temporal punishment due to sin. I mean, it's as close to a, to a get-out-of-jail-free card as we can get. It's not free. You have to do a few things, but normally indulgences uh, are contingent upon having no... Uh, desire for sin, right? Being completely free from the desire for sin, which is very difficult, I think, for most of us to say, like, yeah, I don't even desire sin. But on Divine Mercy Sunday, that is taken away. So it is really an amazing thing about how much the Lord wants to give us his mercy, how much he wants to unite us to him. She even records at several points in the diary, Jesus saying, those who have sinned the most, the worst of sinners, he, the Lord, wants to pour his mercy to into even more, which is just really extraordinary. And it's one of the reasons why uh, I named my oldest daughter Faustina, because we were really just drawn to this message and prayed the Divine Mercy Chaplet uh, during the during her uh, my wife's pregnancy with Faustina, and it's been a, a real big part of our lives for about a decade. So I th- this is, you know, just a real quick overview of what Divine Mercy is, if you've never heard of it. It's super awesome. You should definitely um, take a look at the chaplet and, and begin integrating that into your spiritual life. It's, it's sort of like the rosary. You can use a rosary to pray it, but... Um, and I don't mean this to encourage you to do this, you know, pray it as quick as possible. But when you're when you're taking your time with the Divine Mercy Chaplet, it it can still be done in about eight minutes. That's like a nice, decently slow, you know, not the sort of uh, auctioneer style of praying. But you're you're saying the words slowly. You're not rushing through it. Less than ten minutes. So it's it's a really great thing, especially if you you know if you got little kids and you want to pray the rosary. Uh, if you've ever tried that and, and, and it's just been a meltdown after the second decade or something, sometimes the Divine Mercy Chaplet might be a good substitute for that because you're still learning to use the physical beads of a rosary, kind of getting your, your, your bearings of how to, how to count on the beads, uh, which f- funny enough, kids have a little bit of trouble with, like they don't know when to move. Um, but it's, it's, 
something that will accomplish a similar goal, but in you know a little bit less time. And then maybe when they get older, you can, you know, you can do these rosaries that are half an hour with meditations on each mystery. So, anyways, that's what divine mercy is. What I want to talk about is something that a lot of times is overlooked. I think when we talk about the divine mercy message and the diary of Saint Faustina, and that's that while she does tell us time and time again how much Jesus wants to give mercy to people, how much he wants to unite himself to them and to forgive them of their sins, that he has an ocean of mercy that he's ready to pour out for souls, she still does realize that there are sins, there is punishment, there is hell. It's a real threat. And the reason that I want to talk about this today is because it's become sort of fashionable in some circles of Catholics to look at divine mercy and say, ooh, you know, that's, I don't know about that. I mean, all this forgiveness stuff, what about, what about punishment? What about hell? Like, doesn't God ever punish anyone? And, you know, Our Lady of Fatima talked about hell and sin, and and, and it seems like the St. Faustina just, you know, it's all good news and we don't have to worry about anything. So there's this really false dichotomy that, you know, the visions of Fatima, which the church approved, and and by the way, the church also approves of the divine mercy um, uh, revelations. But anyways, I've seen this tendency in the last couple of years that, hey, let's not get carried away with the divine mercy stuff, because we we still got to remember that we're sinners, um, and we could go to hell, because Our Lady of Fatima talked about hell. And there, there is a just concern. I, I could see a just concern for universalism. Like we don't want to just, you know, uh, shift into this mode where we think nobody will ever be punished for anything. But divine mercy, the the message of, of divine mercy, the diary, while it does emphasize the mercy of the Lord and how He wants to forgive us, it's not true to say that there's no concern for hell. There's no concern for sin. That's just simply not the case, and it's a really bad argument, and uh, I've seen a lot of it lately. So I wanted to to focus uh, in this episode on what exactly St. Faustina has to say about the devil, about hell, and about sin. And if you read through the diary and you're just looking for that, there's actually a lot of it. St. Faustina had to deal with the devil a lot. There were many, many times where Satan appears to her and tells her, you, the work you are doing, the message you are spreading about the mercy of the Lord, you are stealing souls from me. You're undoing all of the work I've been doing over these last years. Sinners are regaining their confidence because of you. And that's extraordinary because this is during Faustina's lifetime when basically nobody even knew about this. She was just a typical nun, just, you know, living in the convent. And the sisters that lived with her for the most part thought not much of her or were annoyed by her and, you know, just kind of thought, she's not, you know, I don't know what's up with this girl. She's weird. Even during that part of her life, so before the diary was published, before there was chaplets being prayed all over the place, before there was a feast day, before she was a saint, Satan visited her and said, you're restoring confidence to sinners and you're snatching them out of my grip, which is on the one hand, just like 
really cool that this super simple nun, you know, in her very humble life where she's constantly talking about in the diary, she goes from talking about, I don't know how I'm ever going to do what the Lord wants me to do to, well, Satan seems to be really bothered by the things I'm doing. So maybe it's working a little bit. Uh, that's, that's one end of it. But also if you think about what that means, it means that St. <laughs> Faustina is aware that there is a devil, that there are in fact people in hell, and that maybe she's preventing some people from going there. In other words, just on the fact alone that Satan appears to Faustina, tries to scare her out of doing what she's doing, and yells furiously at how he's, she is stealing souls from him, that's an implicit recognition on Faustina's part that hell is real, that some people go there, and that maybe fewer people will go there if we'll trust in the Lord's mercy and trust ourselves to his mercy, receive forgiveness of sins, unite ourselves to him, and live a new life, right, to turn away from that life. Even on that basis alone, you could certainly say that it is a bold-faced lie to, to say that, oh, the divine mercy message, like, I mean, it's so, like, my God's mercy is good, but, you know, what about sin? It's, there's plenty of concern about sin and hell, even on that basis alone. And it's, it's a sort of a strange thing. Maybe for Catholics, it makes sense that, like, we have this, this idea that, like, well, I don't want to I don't want to trust too much in God's mercy because what about hell, right? I think maybe Catholics are alone in the fact that like we're, we're like, we can't forget about the, you know, the idea that we might go to hell. We don't want to get too far away from, from keeping that in our mind, but it's not the case that to be devoted to divine mercy is to dispense with this notion of punishment or with this notion of hell. Faustina had to deal with Satan time and time again throughout her life. And what's really fascinating to me about it is that it doesn't seem to bother her at all. And maybe that's what happens when you're as closely united to the Lord as Faustina was. So there's a there's a story where uh, she is writing, um, doing doing some some journaling, and you know <coughs> this this diary was handwritten. Okay, in her spare time. So she's a nun who has all kinds of things to do. She has to pray the divine office. She's got to go to adoration, spiritual direction. She, you know, has to go to mass every day. She has her apostolic work, whether that's in the kitchen or, you know, being the the greeter at the door, whatever it is. She's she's got a pretty full schedule in her spare time. You know, she wrote this really fat diary. Now, I've written a couple of books, and uh, that was the main thing I was focusing on, and it was very difficult to accomplish. She wrote some 600 pages by hand in her spare time. So it was a lot of effort to capture this message. That's what I'm trying to say. And one time when she's doing that, uh, she says this. She says, as I was writing about this great mercy of God and its great advantage to souls, Satan rushed into my room with great anger and fury. This is paragraph 713 from the diary, if you're, if you're keeping up at home. He seized the screen and began to break and crush it. Listen to this. I was a little frightened at first, but I immediately made the sign of the cross with my little crucifix, and the beast fell quiet and disappeared at once. Today I did not see this hideous figure, but only his anger. Satan's anger is terrible, and yet the screen was not shattered or broken, and I went on writing quietly. So <laughs> Satan shows up to disrupt her, uh, to stop her from carrying out the work of, you know, capturing the, the message of divine mercy. 
She says the sign of the cross and just keeps writing. She says, I know well that the wretch will not touch me without God's willing it. But what is he up to? He's beginning to attack me openly and with such great fury and hate that he, but he does not disturb my peace for a moment. And this composure of mine makes him furious. So this is just one way in which we can see that, you know, there is a concern for Satan, for the devil, for hell in Faustina's diary. However, there's a much more extreme example. And that is that St. Faustina actually went mystically to hell. All right. This is paragraph 741 of the diary. I'm not going to read it. It's a very long, it's like a like two page paragraph. The paragraph numbers are very weird. She goes to a, to, to hell. Uh, an angel actually visits her and takes her down to see hell. And the description that she gives is maybe, and I've, I've studied the Fatima messages. I've written a, sh- a short book about Fatima. So I, I know a little bit about the Fatima stuff. I think this is even stronger on how serious the threat of hell is than even what we receive from Our Lady of Fatima. So the angel, as I said, comes to her and leads her down to hell. And the main purpose of this, she tells us, the main reason that I was brought to hell and saw it and am describing it, and I'll tell you what her description is here in a second, is so that people can know that hell is real. It's almost as like, could you imagine this? The Lord knew that at some point there would be some questions about uh, whether or not this was a legitimate message. And, you know, there's just, there's no awareness of hell. We can't just trust in God's mercy too much. What about hell and suffering? It's almost like the Lord was preparing her specifically for that. Right? Maybe maybe that's what, in fact, he did. So her mission is to go to hell so that people will know that it's real. And she says, so that no one will be able to deny that it exists. Fascinating. She tells us the souls that she sees in hell, what's the most common kind of soul? What do you think it would be? Is it, you know, uh, people who who, who were thieves murderers, adulterers, blasphemers, what? Well, she doesn't categorize it that way. What she tells us is the most common kind of soul that she saw in hell are those who were convinced that hell did not exist, which I think is fascinating. But she also, beyond that, she gives us a description of all the kinds of sufferings that people will en- will endure in hell. And as I said, I think it's, uh, it, it, it is. It's more descriptive than what we receive from the children at Fatima. Now, you know, if you're not familiar with the message of Fatima, what essentially happens there is the children see hell. There's, you know, sort of demons and fires and sounds. Um, and it's just like a brief moment. And that that's kind of all the description we get. It's not a super specific kind of point-by-point teaching about what hell is like. That's what St. Faustina offers us. So again, if you know anybody out there who's like, ah, this divine mercy stuff, you know, mm, I'm not so sure about it because what about hell? Well, point them to paragraph 741 where she outlines for us the seven kinds of sufferings that souls in hell will endure. And here they are. The first one is, you know, hell is the loss of God. Not having God's presence is the most fundamental problem in hell because 
to be without God, that, I mean, that's very, basically, that's the definition of hell, right? We don't, I think a lot of people, you know, who are just kind of living their lives and, you know, like, who is St. Faustina? What is Divine Mercy? And I don't know who these people are or why they're listening to this podcast, but if there are anybody like that, right? Union with God is what we're made for and what we need. And heaven is the ultimate union with God. It's greater than any union with God you could imagine or experience here on earth. The joy of close union with God is heaven. The absence of God is hell. So that's the number one thing, which is, you know, sort of definitional. Number two, she says, people in hell have a perpetual remorse of their conscience. Now, what that means in, in you know, regular people language is you feel bad about something you did. And if you ever have, if you've ever had that experience in life, you know, you say something a little bit too mean in the middle of of an argument, you make a joke about somebody that's not there and they hear about it, whatever you do something dumb, something evil, and you feel bad about it, right? It's, that's a terrible, that's a tough thing to get through, but usually time will heal that wound, especially if you make amends and you apologize. But even, even if you don't get a chance to apologize, right? Say, see, you, you ruin a relationship, you destroy something, and that, that person is gone from your life, you never see them again, and you feel bad about it. Over time, probably, you won't feel as bad as the day it happened. What Faustina describes for us by saying perpetual remorse is that it's like that moment when it's just happened, and you feel the strongest pang of, ugh, shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have said that. Like that, but forever. Okay? So that's number two. Number three, your condition never changes, right? And, and this means there's no possibility, and you know it, that it's not going to get any better. So you, so you don't even have the hope that maybe eventually I will be united to God, or my conscience won't be just eating me up quite as bad. No, you're stuck that way forever. Okay. Number four, a spiritual fire that penetrates the soul, but doesn't destroy it. Sort of like a, like a, the, the, the uh, bush, right? Uh, the burning bush, right? You're, you're going to be on fire and it's going to eat at your soul, but luckily it won't destroy it and you'll get to experience this forever, right? I mean, obviously it's not a good thing, but this, again, this is the reality of the language that Faustina gives to us about what hell is like. And it's situated within the context of divine mercy. And I don't want to forget that, but nonetheless, this is still very real. So that's one, two, three, four. Number five, continual darkness and a terrible suffocating smell. And at the same time as it's dark, you'll be able, now, well, hopefully not you, whoever's in hell, right? Hopefully nobody listening here will, will be in hell. Whoever is in hell will have the ability to see all of the other souls and you will see, they will see what sins they committed. So you're going to be witnessing whoever's in hell will witness the sins of everybody else and their own sins will be on display for everyone while you're in a suffocating smell and perpetual darkness. Number six, she says, constant company of Satan which I think is probably, it doesn't require any editorializing. And number seven, a, a hatred of God, curses, and blasphemies. Now, those are the seven features of hell that she says are in common for everyone. But then she adds something, 
In addition to those common sufferings, everyone in hell will receive specific torments designed for the individual soul. If you've seen the uh, the Ghostbusters, the original 1984, it's, it's sort of like Gozer the Gozerian, right? Uh, whatever they thought of in their mind would turn into the form of Gozer that was going to destroy them. And, you know, uh, Ray Stance, Dr. Ray Stance pictured the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man from his days at Camp Wakanda, something that could never harm them. And it, it comes to destroy them, right? So this is kind of like that. What, what Faustina tells us is the souls in hell, in addition to those seven common uh, sufferings I just described, will have custom-tailored sufferings aimed at the kinds of sins that that soul committed on earth, which led them to being in hell. So, you know, if you're a, 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 a thief, you know, in some way you would experience something being stolen from you perpetually <coughs> for all eternity in hell, you would experience that suffering. Or, you know, if you were a glutton, uh, you would, you would, I guess, probably perpetually starve. So essentially the idea is whatever led you to hell, that, that like momentary pleasure, right, that, that was sinful will be flipped around and become a perpetual torment for all of eternity. So you have all of these common sufferings and then some custom tailored ones specifically for each souls. And again, she says she writes this so that nobody will be able to say, no one's been to hell. And what's really fascinating about this is right after that, she says, uh, she begins to pray uh, for all the souls who are, who are in hell and to keep people out. And she begins with the language of, oh, my Jesus. That's actually a Fatima phrase. So if, so if, if you, you know, if you encounter people who are saying, Fatima tells us about hell, divine mercy doesn't, and I'm fuzzy on whether or not we should pay attention to the divine mercy thing. Well, she does talk a lot about hell, but she also uses the language, oh my Jesus, which is the beginning of the oh my Jesus prayer, uh, about a hundred times in the diary. It's like her favorite way to begin prayers. Faustina begins prayer, her, her prayerful language in the diary very often with oh my Jesus, or just oh Jesus, or just my Jesus, but over a, about a hundred times she says, oh my Jesus, which is fascinating because the Fatima prayer, the oh my Jesus prayer, it hadn't been revealed during Faustina's life. In other, in other words, it wasn't public knowledge. Um, so how did she know about it? It's almost like this is kind of a language that God just desires all of us to use. So again, just, just to step back for one second, this vision of hell, the, 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 the discussion of all the common and custom sufferings that, that souls there will, will suffer is within the context of divine mercy, namely that Faustina is aware of this and she wants us to be aware of it as, to serve as more motivation to seek out Jesus in his mercy while he's still offering it. Uh, so part of the, the message of divine mercy is that the Lord wants to, for a time, for a season, offer his mercy in almost unfathomable ways. The sinners who have most harmed him have the greatest claim to that mercy. And he's just willing to unleash these torrents of grace for us if we will but 
trust in him, right? The image says at the bottom, Jesus, I trust in you. That we need to have our confidence in God restored. We need to have our confidence in the goodness of the Lord restored. Is God just? Yes, he is. And at a certain point, his mercy may, you know, and this is what what Faustina is talking about, it, it might not be always available to us. But praise God, you live in a time right now where, where divine mercy is just so readily available to us, um, and we need to take advantage of it. So so again, if you encounter anyone, uh, you know, if you're a Catholic who who loves the Divine Mercy devotion, loves St. Faustina, read, read the diary, all any of those things or all of the above, and, and you meet anyone who's, you know, Catholic but is saying, ah, this Divine Mercy stuff, you know, it just doesn't seem to jive with, like, our teaching on hell and sin, point them maybe to this podcast. That would be super. Uh, but also tell them to look at the diary, paragraph 741, and compare that to, say, the teaching of Fatima on hell, which is there but is not, it's, it doesn't sound quite as bad as the way Faustina um, lays it out for us here in, in the diary. So that, uh, that I think, is the best uh, way to respond to anyone who might be saying they're not so sure about the Divine Mercy. If that's the complaint they're making, which I've been hearing a lot and seeing reading a lot lately, uh, a lot of Catholics kind of questioning Divine Mercy because of this thing that, like, well, there's no, you know, <laughs> it seems to just be good news and there's no, like, you know, possibility of punishment. That's not the case. Faustina is very clear on it. It's terrible. And she wants us to avoid that, which is why she's constantly trying to make us aware of God's mercy. So that's all uh, for for this week, for this episode. Uh, Please uh, like this video, share it with other people. Uh, This is the best thing you can do to to help the Institute and to help our, our YouTube channel grow is like the video and especially share it. Email it to people, uh, share it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever other new things there are that you can share things on. Um, and give us a review on Apple Podcast, a written review along with your hopefully five-star uh, click review. Type out something, tell us what we're doing and, and, and what you're liking. And if you have questions or comments for future episodes, you can leave a comment on this video or email uh, anyone here at the St. Philip Institute. I think we have podcast at stphilipinstitute.org, and we would be happy to at least try and address some of those things in future episodes. So thanks for joining me, and I hope you have a, a very blessed uh, day, and God bless.